0: Bottle, bow, 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 go bow, get the bottle. With that
1: fresh beatbox from Jamie D'Amico here, my name is John Boccasino, welcoming back all of our Buffalo Bills fans to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your fine podcasts. We are pleased to be your official pregame podcast for those Buffalo Bills. This week's challenge is a week four contest in Sin City against the Las Vegas Raiders who are in their first year calling Vegas home. It's unfortunate that no fans will be allowed in attendance. I know all of Bill's mafia was looking forward to the possibility of going to Vegas for this game. Uh, Ticket prices were apparently through the roof when there was still an opportunity for tickets to potentially be sold. But unfortunately, Jamie, fans will have to settle for watching this game from their favorite watering hole, favorite living room TV, man cave, what have you. And it's I'll be honest, it's kind of a bummer that we won't get a chance to uh see what this place will be like in person as a member of Bill's Mafia.
0: Vegas, baby. You know what they have in Vegas? Beautiful babies. Swingers reference. There. I like it. it of course, a belt? Oh,
1: please, come on. You know? Did
0: you All right, d- do you think that you sure. I'm I'm
1: money and I know it, or do I not know it this morning?
0: Oh, I don't think you know it. You're so money <laughs> and you don't even know it.
1: See, this is the kind of rapport <laughs> and banter our fans have come to expect here on Bill Eve and Jamie, you know, it's I, I love you bringing the Vince Vaughn. Love you bringing the swingers references out here, buddy. And I also love you for the fact that you are just such a, a laid back kind of voice. I have to ask you, I was having major palpitations and heart issues with the Bills game in week three. How were you handling that roller coaster of emotions?
0: Oh, it it drained me. When you talk about emotions, you know, they they won. And I'm watching the game at this outdoor venue that they have set up here in Washington, D.C. And I was the only one not jumping up and down. I had my hands on my head and I just stood there. And some of my friends are like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I have nothing left. Nothing. I have nothing left. (laughs) I'm just happy for the win.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I mean, look, look, Bills fans, this is a game that past iterations of this team would have found a way to lose. And you can say that they did find a way to lose because that pass interference call was a little questionable. But the Bills have been hosed so many times by the stripes over the years. I'll take one for the win column for the good guys. But, you know, Jamie, the Bills still had to get down in that position. And we're going to talk about the preview with the Raiders. But I real quick want to go back to the growing legend of one Joshua Allen Jr. the third out of Wyoming. This cat, week in and week out, Jamie, he's doing things I never thought I would see a Buffalo Bills quarterback do.
0: It's very Brett Favre-esque, isn't it? Throwing the ball downfield, um, running around with reckless abandon, um, you know, making questionable decisions, but then coming out on top at the end. I mean. It's it's a Favre type legend that's growing here in Western New York, and you know here's the thing. And I made a reference to this uh, on the other show that I do, and the the comparison from like the Dick Juron years, where games would end six to three and the ball wouldn't be moved at all, and now we have an incredibly exciting team to watch. And let's face it, football's entertainment. And sports is entertainment. We make it more than that, but that's really what it's for, is entertainment. This is exactly what we want. We want a team that's winning games and doing so in in spectacular and an exciting fashion. I am so happy with where this team is right now. So happy with it.
1: I agree. And are you not entertained watching this team on the football field? And even, I'll go as far as to say this, Jamie, we saw... You know, Josh Allen gets a lot of credit because he really was single handedly responsible for for bringing the comeback from that late deficit. He had the third and twenty two completion to Cole Beasley, who got twenty two yards and like an inch to give the Bills that critical first down. I mean, he barely got there, but he made some beautiful throws ranging to his right throwing across his body hitting open receivers the ball that he put to a Gabriel Davis where he tiptoed for the catch along the sidelines I mean this is fun it's entertaining it's also unpredictable when is the last time you remember seeing a quarterback get two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties essentially you know the face mask and for talking trash to the referee I mean this guy is in your he's playing this like a high school baller would
0: He is. And the other thing is, you can see the confidence out there. And it's a version of Josh Allen that we haven't seen previously. He is confident. He's got command of that huddle. And you can tell that the belief in himself is there. The touch passes that he's doing are remarkable from time to time, the way he can just sort of drop it in a bucket from 25 yards downfield. And he ha- You can tell he has the belief in himself to make those plays and the belief in his teammates to be where they're supposed to be. It's, it's really a nice thing to watch a quarterback who everybody knew was going to be a project to actually watch that project come of age and start working out. It's something you don't see a lot in sports. There are very few people that get a project label that turn into anything. And here we have one in Buffalo. Go figure. Good job. (laughs) Good job to the management for selecting and coaching this guy up.
1: And you know, Jamie, I'm not going to take pity at another man suffering, but every time I see Josh Allen succeeding, even though he does raise the heart rate with some of his decisions, he's out there. He's slinging it. He's, you know, he leads the AFC in passing yards. He leads the AFC in passer rating and touchdowns. He's the first bill to go over a thousand yards in his first three games. And how about this? I hated the 300-yard stat. Josh Allen never had a 300-yard game his first 28 games in his career. He's had back-to-back-to-back 300-yard games to uh, to start the 2020 season. He is a man on fire. But what I was trying to say earlier about not taking uh, pity or not taking joy in people's sufferings, you look at Josh Allen, what he's capable of doing with this full complement of weapons, and then you look downstate at Sam Darnold, the number three overall pick, who is relying on Chris Hogan and Jamison Crowder and a bunch of street bodies getting his ass kicked up and down the field. And and look, misery loves company. and, And Sam Darnold fits right in with that Jets dumpster fire.
0: You know, he does. But let's be honest here. We don't know what Sam Darnold can be. He's had bad coaching and a bad team around him. Last year, he was running for his life on almost every single drop back. This year, he's still got Adam Gase, who I don't understand why he's still the Jets head coach. And you have, like you said, a bunch of pedestrian receivers. You know, this is a guy who, much like David Carr, when he was drafted by the Texans, David Carr had talent, but it never came to fruition because he was surrounded by such a terrible team. And I think you're seeing that with, with, uh, sam darnold right now you know the the guy makes questionable decisions he always has even going back to when he was at usc but at the same time there's definitely talent there but to bring it all full circle here i love to see the jets suffer
1: it it is there there is no look and jets fans you know it's been great hearing them be silenced and quiet on social media because the jets are a legitimate dumpster fire. And I think you're right. We'll see what Sam Darnold's capable of once he leaves the Jets. I don't know why Adam Gase is still employed. Um it's it they are they are just a mess of a franchise, which makes you appreciate what the Bills have put together even more in 2020. And you know, Jamie, you mentioned David Carr, uh, who was sacked more than any human being has possibly been sacked over the first couple years <laughs> of his career. I mean, dude, he was getting. Right. He was getting sacked like 80 times a year and and figures you would think when he like there was a turnstile where defensive linemen could just rotate their way through and have their go at bringing down David Carr. And that killed his confidence in his career. Never was what it could have been. And when he came out of college with the potential, he was kind of oozing out there as a talented quarterback. Then you look at Derek Carr, who's Buffalo's opponent on Sunday. And every time I see Derek Carr play a game, Jamie, it's hard not to think of Captain Checkdown Trent Edwards.
0: That was one of the most beautiful segues and transitions I have ever heard in my life. So let's give John Boccasino some credit for that one. Good job, buddy.
1: Hey, thanks. Uh, And that was not even planned whatsoever. You know, for folks who listen to our podcast, they might think we have pages of notes and tidbits. Look, Jamie and I have a couple of things we want to hit on every single podcast. Most of what we do, though, is improv. So I'm glad to deliver a little bit of a fun transition for our fans out here.
0: Yes, yeah, so we are the fish of podcasts. <laughs>
1: whoa. Whoa. Now let's go on a 10 minute riff. Let's be a jam band of podcasts, Jamie. So lay it on us.
0: All right. So Captain Checkdown is absolutely right. Derek Carr has one of the lowest, um, oh God, what's the term? Uh, yards per pass attempt lowest yards per attempt in the NFL because, my God, the guy looks toward the underneath receivers, which is a wonderful thing. Now, it it keeps the offense moving, and that's something that we have seen Josh Allen not get into as much as maybe he should, but that's why the Raiders added Henry Ruggs in the draft, a top-flight prospect coming out of Alabama. But... Um, he's injured and the check downs continue because I I think the statistic is that he's throwing it under seven yards per attempt. And that is not going to get you a lot of first downs in, you know, when you've got second or third and long, but it's the running game that's keeping them afloat this year.
1: Yeah. You know, it's going to be a challenge for the bills and we'll get to what Josh Jacobs does so well as a back, but just going back to the Derek Carr thing for a bit here. The last two years, his average depth of target for his passes have gone 7.0 yards, which is dead last in the league. He's second lowest in, this is a crazy stat. NFL next gen stats has a stat called aggressiveness index, which measures the percentage of throws a QB attempts into tight coverage. He is next to last in the league in those types of throws, which means if somebody's not wide, wide open, Derek Carr is not taking chances, fitting a ball into a tight window, kind of the opposite of uh, of Josh Allen where Josh will play that hero ball and that gunslinger mentality. So I think the key with Derek Carr, Jamie, is he has – He's not Tom Brady, but he's got a really quick release. He's really good at getting rid of the ball fairly quickly uh, once the ball has been snapped. So the Bills are going to have to get penetration like we've talked about almost all year long. The defensive line has to earn that status that, in their minds. They think they're a top unit. They are underachieving horribly. And I I just I, I don't know. That scares me thinking what this D-line needs to do and whether they actually will be able to do it because there's a lot of question marks about this unit, starting with Jerry Hughes, who had a really good first two games of the season, and then... The Rams tackles, Andrew Whitworth and everybody on the offensive line for the Rams gobbled up and devoured the Bills defensive line on Sunday. That gives me a lot of cause for concern for this game.
0: Absolutely. And you know, with the way Derek Carr plays, you can't really expect to get too much of a pass rush on him. So what I think the Bills are going to have to do is really compress their zone and make it very shallow. Understand that you're not going to get to him most of the time. So what you have to do is confuse him with the coverages, Um, the zone blitzes, drop the defensive linemen into coverage, fill up passing lanes that he's going to expect when it comes to – that he's going to expect to be open when he does his three steps and throw. So it's very interesting that we contrast – Josh Allen with Derek Carr, because one of the things I was thinking about recently is how nice it is to finally have a quarterback who's throwing guys open. We haven't seen that in a long time. For years, you had Buffalo Bills quarterbacks who would not throw the ball unless a receiver was standing still staring at the quarterback with nobody anywhere near him. That, that was like the only time you saw a a Buffalo quarterback throw it, or if they did try to throw a guy open, the guy had to make some sort of spectacular catch in order to even make the completion, as opposed to, you know, being, like I said, thrown open or the ball being placed somewhere where they can do something with it. Um, I'm glad the Bills don't have Derek Carr. I don't think he's as bad as people want to make him out to be. I know his coach, John Gruden, doesn't like him. But, you know, they're having some success and there's something to be said about a quarterback who protects the ball. Yeah, Derek Carr is not somebody who's going to throw that
1: back breaking interception. Um, he, he does have a really good pocket presence and his awareness is pretty is pretty high and he's pretty astute when it comes to leading that Raiders offense. But you're right, he's just not somebody who's going to go out there and and The game manager term gets lobbied about so often, but really Derek Carr in the 2020 era of NFL football is basically the quintessential game manager. He's not going to kill a team. He's not going to single-handedly lead you to victory. I will say his chances of victory on Sunday, Jamie are hindered a little bit. You mentioned this earlier, the uh, injury report for the Raiders. I don't think Henry Ruggs is going to play. He's, he's listed as doubtful uh, for the game on Sunday Another receiver who most fans aren't going to know this name when I say it, but he was a teammate of Josh Allen's at Wyoming. Rico Gafford is also probably not going to play with uh, his hamstring injury out there. So it's really going to come down to can the bills man up and find that run defense that was so strong last year that has really escaped this team this year. And it all starts again with Josh Jacobs, who is one of the most dynamic playmakers. If you don't know this kid's story, uh, coming into Alabama, he was basically homeless. Him and his dad uh, lived in a car for quite some time. They they lost their house. They were transients, and he somehow was able to channel all of that frustration for having the up-and-down childhood into a great football career that drew the attention of Nick Saban. He was a dynamic back at Alabama, and now he is tearing up the NFL. Jamie, we saw what Daryl Henderson did to the Bills last week, 20 carries for a buck 14. And there were times when the first time he was touched was 10 yards downfield. The Bills did not maintain their gap integrity whatsoever, you know, last week against the Rams. And now it doesn't get any easier with Jacobs coming. in.
0: The Bills have a problem with the run defense this year, and they also have a problem with their second half defense. It seems like they're not making good adjustments out there at halftime, or they're slow to react to the adjustments that are made by the other team in the second half. And, you know, it was, the Bills had a real problem with the outside zone run. And really, the template is now out there on how to defeat the Buffalo defense. The Rams did it. You do outside zone runs. You do play action. They're obviously getting out of their gaps. Like you mentioned, the gap integrity just is not there. And they're being they're being manhandled on the defensive line. I didn't think that they would miss Star Lutilele the way they have been, but it seems that their defensive tackles are getting moved. And that is not a good recipe for success. And Josh Jacobs, man, that guy does everything well. He finishes his runs. He's quick. He's fast. I mean, the guy is a an excellent all-around running back. And he concerns the heck out of me because what are the Bills going to do between last Sunday and this Sunday in order to fix that defense, which, let's face it, was absolutely putrid in the second half against the Rams? You cannot give up 29 straight points in two quarters and expect to win games very often. Now, it's the Rams. They're a good team. They're well-coached. They have a great system. But you know what? Most of the teams in the NFL have decent coaches, and they're professionals. They're going to be able to see what other teams have done to defeat you, and they're going to emulate that. And that's what we're going to see. We're going to see outside zone runs to Josh Jacobs. And it concerns me because he's got the quickness to get out to the edge.
1: He does. And, and by himself, Jamie, Josh Jacobs is one of the best young, talented running backs in the league. I will say one area that gives me a little more hope for the run game defense this week versus last week is the Raiders are not the Rams when it comes to an offensive line that is uh, talented. They're not nearly as good. Our old friend Richie Incognito is on injured reserve. Uh, Struggling rookie John Simpson is at left guard. He can really be had. Sam Young was, I believe, an undrafted tackle. Um, Or Denzel Good, uh, who was also kind of lower tiered, lower ranking right tackle, uh, stepping in for Trent Brown, who's injured. So the the Raiders do not have a stability, uh, a a lot of stability at the offensive line. So I think the Bills have a better chance of succeeding in run defense this week than they did last week. But it's hard because what in-season adjustments – can Leslie Frazier make to get this defensive line going? Um, Harrison Phillips is really struggling this year. I know he's still recovering technically from the ACL. Um, he has not looked like the player the Bills drafted in the third round. He has been kind of lost out there. And he's been a vulnerability a lot of times, especially when it comes to the run defense. I think he's getting beat way more than he should. The Bills missed Starla Tulele way more than anyone thought they would with his COVID-19 opt-out, the double teams he could eat up, the blocks he could eat up, uh, his presence is sorely missed. I don't know. One thing, Jamie, I want to run by you is what if the Buffalo Bills this year, you could see for Sunday's game, the Bills are looking for answers when it comes to the uh, defensive line and what they're going to do to try to slow down this running game. What if Vernon Butler were to see more time possibly stepping into that nose tackle center of the defensive line rotation. I think Vernon Butler could be an answer, at least in the short term to allow Buffalo to get a little more stout with their run defense. I'm not saying Butler is a replacement of, of Latula late, but he's physical enough. He's versatile enough. And even though he's that natural three technique, I think he could really step into that one position and handle himself well and getting this defensive line on track because right now, Jamie, Teams are, like you said, they're emulating what the Rams have done and what happened with the run game, and the Bills are vulnerable up the middle.
0: Last year, the Bills laid an egg against Philadelphia, and after that game, Frazier made some changes on the defense. Ed Oliver was basically taken out of the rotation for a bit in favor of Jordan Phillips, and they made some adjustments. Um Andre Johnson was taken out of the game, uh, mostly was a non-factor the rest of the way on, on defense. And I think that you're going to see some juggling of the lineup. Now, you want Ed Oliver in the game. He's an amazing athlete, but the issue last year was that he was not maintaining gap integrity. Now, the other issue that the Bills have is that most of their defensive tackles are that three technique. Vernon Butler has the size I would think to play the one also Ed Oliver played the one technique in college so could he do that again probably not he's undersized for a defensive tackle let alone a a one technique or even a zero technique which is something that he played. Fairly regularly, and for those who who don't know, a zero technique is when your uh, defensive tackle lines up straight on with the with the offensive center. Uh, a one technique is they are centering or they are shading over the center's shoulder. Uh, whereas a three technique is they're moving um, to be over on the inside shoulder of the offensive guard. So just a quick rundown there anyway, I don't know that they have that one technique guy out there um Harrison Phillips he was great in spot duty a couple of years ago, but that was just that he was coming in in more obvious passing situations running downs doesn't seem to he doesn't seem to be getting off the ball the way you would like to see happen so are we going to see some juggling of the lineup and the snap count? I'll bet you we will.
1: I I agree, Jamie. The Bills need to throw some fresh, healthy bodies out there, try some different strategies to slow it down because here's how the Bills lose this game on Sunday. Besides all of bad Josh Allen and none of good Josh Allen coming, which I don't think is going to happen. He's shown way more maturity, uh, and I think he's going to play a very balanced game. But if the Bills get decimated in time of possession. I think the Rams held a four minute and 45 second advantage in time of possession in the week three matchup. And the bills were lucky to get this victory. The Raiders thrive on dominating time of possession with their ground game. And if the bills are out there time and time again, sustained long drives, it's going to be a blueprint for disaster uh, for the bills on Sunday. One reason that the bills should know what the Raiders are going to do is again, the fact that their top two wide receivers uh, and Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards are out for the matchup most likely on Sunday. But Darren Waller is still out there, and that guy is a beast. How intimidated are you, Jamie, by the prospects of Tremaine Edmonds, who did not look good last week, or Matt Milano stepping up and finding a way to slow down one of the preeminent tight ends in the league and Darren Waller?
0: When everybody's 100%, this Buffalo Bills squad is very good at covering tight ends. So I would say that if Tremaine Edmonds is getting back to being the healthy Tremaine Edmonds that we know, I don't have too much concern because I think that that Milano and Edmonds can run with Waller. He's going to get his—I mean, he's a really good player, so I would imagine he's going to get his five receptions. Uh, we hope that he stays to under 100 yards, um, but when you start looking at it and you see the other pass catchers being Josh Jacobs, but old friend Zay Jones coming into the lineup and Hunter Renfro, um, their third receiver who's going to be in the game, um, I'm not terribly concerned, and I think that I, I think that we can put somebody head up on Darren Waller and be able to take him not completely out of the game but not let him dominate the way he has so far this season
1: if Leslie Frazier and I'm sure he's he has the guys watching ton of tape but if he wants one indicator for what a team can do to slow down Waller he needs look no further than the Patriots last week in the 36 to 20 victory over the Raiders Waller was basically a non-factor he had two catches for nine yards on four targets and the way they did this was you mentioned this earlier Jamie confusing and confounding car with pre-snap coverages uh, giving him different looks filling the lanes and making it so that he didn't know where to go with the ball and he was disguising their coverages so Waller was basically again a non-factor in the week three loss for the Raiders which is hopefully a good blueprint for the Bills to follow. (laughs) Now, we haven't talked Jamie at all about, besides Josh Allen um, and his abilities, the offense for the Bills, what they need to do to attack this Raiders defense. And last week, again, going to the Patriots game, it wasn't even Cam Newton doing the damage with his legs. The Patriots rushed for 250 yards on the Raiders. So I'm looking for Brian Dable to dial up a heavy dosage of Devin Singletary, and if he's not able to go, TJ Yeldon again, I think Zach Moss is probably going to miss the game with that turf injury, uh, sorry, with the toe injury. I think he's going to be questionable as of now for the game on Sunday. So I can't wait to see a healthy dosage of Devin Singletary. Maybe this is the week he cracks 100 yards.
0: Uh, He's got to crack 125, and what we saw last week was the Bills defense spending way too much time on the field. We know that the Raiders like to dominate time of possession The Bills have to beat them at their own game. Devin Singletary's got to run wild. And, you know, he was averaging five yards a carry last week. I just wish they gave it to him more. But take the air out of the ball. Make it a quick game. You know, when games end in less than three hours, I'm a huge fan of that. Just, you know, get in, get your win, get out of there. And you do that by keeping the clock moving by running it.
1: And Devin Singletary did have thirteen carries for seventy one yards last week, an average of five point five per tote. I expect him to get, yeah, if he gets to one twenty five, jamie, the bills the bills win this game. But I'll also say if he gets over one hundred and twenty five one hundred and fifty yards of all purpose offense, I think the bills win too because he did a great job out of the backfield last week, four catches on five targets for fifty yards out there. so if 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 he is getting to one twenty five one fifty all-purpose. That's a great formula and a great blueprint for the Bills to follow because, again, the Raiders can be run on, and you're right. The time of possession needs to go in Buffalo's favor on Sunday. This could be a really fast-moving game, like you said, with both Singletary and Jacobs fueling their uh, their respective running games out there. I can't wait to see what Devin Singletary uh, can draw up for this game. I think he's going to have another huge performance out there, and the Raiders' run defense is just not good. If you're letting Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead, and JJ Taylor get 250 rushing yards against you. That is not good.
0: Absolutely. And conversely, the Raiders cornerbacks are actually pretty darn good. Uh Damon Arnett and Trayvon Mullen are they're good. And I'm not saying that they're going to be able to take the Bills receivers out of the game, but that's going to give you all the more reason to get the ball to Devin Singletary out in, out into patterns, um, throw into the tight end. Tyler Croft, he had a heck of a game last week. Let's see if he can build on it. And of course, Cole Beasley, the guy always finds himself open and he always catches the ball. So I'm looking for a big game out of Cole Beasley.
1: You know, it's funny you mentioned uh, the secondary for the Raiders, Jamie. Arnett is out for the game uh, the, I believe he's their talent safety. He is going to be out for the game oh, is on he? Sunday. So the Bills will have an opportunity to attack at least one aspect of the defense. Now, we don't know the status of John Brown with the calf injury. If he's not out there, it's a little bit less of a threatening offense, but still a very potent offense. Thanks again to the emergence of Gabriel Davis, who I just love this kid. I love the way he tracks the ball down. I love the way he has the field presence, that catch on the sidelines where he knew he had a small margin to tip both of his toes and get in balance to make that catch. This kid has really made a big difference on the offense, Jamie. It's great to see the Bills legitimately having so many weapons, you know, Stephon Diggs, you got Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis and and Tyler Croft. I was so happy to see him have such a great performance because there's a story that ran earlier this week about how Tyler Croft is one of those guys that his teammates are all pulling for based on the injury history he's had and his success has really drawn this team together. I look for him to really have a solid performance out there as well, depending on Dawson Knox and his availability, which I think Knox will be a go with the concussion. But if the Bills can roll out two tight ends out there, more power to him because then the play action is that much more potent, knowing that Singletary could gouge you or the tight ends could run great routes and catch passes downfield.
0: I want to go back a step and talk about Gabriel Davis because the thing that comes to mind when I watch him play is maturity. He doesn't play like a rookie. He plays like a guy who has been in the league for a few years. Like you said, when it comes to getting his feet down, uh, the way he was able to draw the pass interference at the end of the game on last Sunday. I mean, this is this is a dude that has learned quickly. And they said back in training camp, they talked about how well he he picked up the playbook and that's exactly what you want out of your rookies. This is a guy that might make it okay for the bills to let go of one of the receivers ahead of him on the depth chart in the off season, when the bills are obviously going to be looking to um, juggle the salary cap a little bit. Now, I don't want that. I want them to have four good receivers, but he makes it possible. He's a guy that is going to find himself in the starting lineup eventually. Now. When it comes to the tight ends, last season they were they were really broken up over the fact that Tyler Croft got injured again. Even the other tight ends, guys he would potentially be taking snaps away from, they like him so much that they were just they were heartbroken. And then when he finally caught a touchdown pass against Pittsburgh, I mean the whole team just came running down to congratulate him. That is obviously a well liked. Guy in the locker room and seems to be a very process sort of guy. And of course, we talk about the process here, right? Um, you got to trust the process. Tr- I'm and you know what? I am trusting the process to fix that run defense.
1: <laughs> yeah they look the the bills have the pieces in place to shore up the run defense I think I think it's an adjustment that Leslie Frazier can handle I think the bills will ground and pound Devin Singletary and either Zach Moss or TJ Yeldon on Sunday I think that one area of concern for me though too, Jamie is we talked about you know the offensive line for the Raiders being kind of a weakness I want to see what the bills do with the guard position especially this week knowing whether you know Cody Ford, Brian Winters who got pushed around like a rag doll last week against Aaron Donald. I don't know who's going to step up and 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 really answer the bell because the Raiders have a very underrated pass rusher in Max Crosby who got after uh, Cam Newton twice last week and it's not an easy feat to bring down Newton. It's going to be a really tough role for the Bills to slow down an underrated pass rush like the Raiders have, but this game here Jamie has all the makings of either a 3-hour clock is flying by or it's going to be an old west shootout where the first team to 35 wins what do you think what is your score prediction bound to go wrong for week 4 will the bills get to 4 and 0 for the ninth time in franchise history
0: this game concerns me and the reason for that is the bills had an emotional win last week and they're traveling out west so it tells me that they are primed for a letdown and I'm I'm really concerned that that is going to happen this week. The Bills are not going 16 and 0. We know that. They're going to start losing games eventually. Um but I'm going to go against my instinct and say that the Bills are going to win this one. I think they're going to win it 27 to 20.
1: So you've got the Bills getting to 4 and 0. I also have the Bills getting to 4 and 0. I also am worried about this being a trap game, but here's why I picked the Bills. I think they're the better team on paper, even though they're traveling out West to Las Vegas. I don't think, I don't know. The the team has been adjusting to crazy circumstances all year long. Making a West Coast trip, the first of three, is not going to be that daunting of a task for this Bills team. They're too well put together and they're too poised. I think the Bills have the advantage at the key areas. I think that in the trenches, if the Bills control the line of scrimmage and can make sure that they both run the ball well and they slow down Josh Jacobs, I don't think Derek Carr is going to beat this team, especially minus his top two offensive weapons. And I think Josh Allen is on a roll of a quarterback we have not seen in Buffalo since Jim Kelly was leading the team to four straight Super Bowls. I am going to say the Bills win this one 31 to 21 to get to 4-0 for the first time since 2008 when Captain checked out himself, Trent Edwards did it before getting obliterated by Adrian Wilson <laughs> and the
0: Cardinals. Oh, the memories. <laughs> They come flowing back,
1: don't they? And We can think of all those painful losses and all that team. That team tantalized us, and then they just completely... Remember that game they had against the Chargers where the power went out at the stadium and nobody at home knew what was happening?
0: Yes, absolutely. That was a strange season for a lot of reasons. And also, that's what eventually gave us... Well, what led to us landing Ryan Fitzpatrick.
1: Oh, oh, Fitzmagic. Mr. MVP of September out there, but the Bills have themselves a legitimate MVP of the first three games so far in Josh Allen. We have another co-MVP here in Jamie D'Amico, bringing the insights, bringing the knowledge here for our fans on Bill Eve, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. To recap, Jamie and I both have the Buffalo Bills winning this week to get to four and zero. Oh. We will be back next week to do our quick little recap on the Week Four showdown and potentially get you ready for a Week 5 game with the Tennessee Titans, although three more players tested positive for COVID-19. I don't know, Jamie, what the hell is going to happen with this game because there's no room for error with the Bills hosting the Chiefs on Thursday Night Football the following week. I don't know what the hell is going to happen in Week 5.
0: That's going to be... Let's call it interesting.
1: I like that. The <laughs> nebulous phrase. Interesting out there. Well, one thing's for sure, Jamie. You can follow all your Buffalo Bills news here on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. You can follow Jamie D'Amico on Twitter at TheJamie D'Amico. And I am at John Boccasino. We will be signing off here for Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. Come back next week and we'll talk more Buffalo Bills football with you.